and the process of his dream. But today I want to also talk about Joshua for a few moments because Joshua brings a clearer picture to one step that I think that we sometimes miss in fulfilling our dream and our destiny. Joseph finished his dream. He went through the process. Say process. A lot of folks want the dream to become a reality, but they don't want to go through the process that causes the dream to be a reality. But you see, yes, every dream has a process. It has to go through the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Because if it, go, if it does not go through the process, then we will get to the place that God has in, given us the vision of, and we will think that we got there all by ourselves. And so God allows it to go through this process of death, burial, and resurrection so that when you get there, you know that it is God that caused it to happen. Because you didn't have the ability to do it on your own. You see, Joseph went through this process and seen his, the fulfillment of his dream. No matter how bad things got, no matter how difficult all the setbacks that came in his life, he never gave up on the dream. In fact, he never even complained about where he found himself. He, he, would, he would see progress only to, to go to, to Potiphar's house to find himself to digress seemingly into a prison. He would go in, in, in stages and he would go through this process and he would go through seasons. But all of the time he continued to stay focused upon the dream that God had placed in his heart as a little child. Amen. He, and when we see him, even in the setbacks, he never stops using his gift. In the middle of the prison, he's interpreting dreams. He tells the baker, in three days, you're going to die. He tells the butler, in three days, your dream is speaking to you that you're going to be restored back to a place of authority. And all he asks is, when you get there, would you remind the people in authority? Will you remind those who are, have authority around here about me? That's all he asks. Have you ever realized that some people that you speak into, people that you help, people that you, you impart into their life, and whenever they fulfill their destiny and come to a place that they are supposed to be, they get amnesia and forget that you ever spoke into their life and forget that you ever helped them and forget that you made sacrifice so their dream could become a reality. Oh, if you haven't, just hang around, baby, because it will happen. But the good thing is, is God is still in control. Two years passes by and Pharaoh has a dream and he sees these seven fat cows and seven skinny cows. He sees seven fat corn and then he sees seven skinny corn and nobody in his kingdom, no one in the palace was able to interpret these dreams. It seemed as though that nobody had the ability and, and it was at that time because you see now it, it, it was something that was going to benefit the butler and now all of a sudden he slips out of amnesia and begins to remember 
and says, I remember there is a man down in your prison that whenever no one else could interpret the dream over my life, he was able to do. I know that if, if you can bring him. And so Pharaoh goes and the Bible says that immediately or suddenly they brought him out. How many know that God is able to bring out a man you out in a moment's time? He doesn't have to take a family vote. He don't have to check the polls and see if it is going to be to his benefit or not. He don't have to talk to anybody that's in authority or control. He's God all by himself. And you might find yourself that morning rising up from a prison cell. But just like Joseph, by that night he had linen robe on, sitting in an ivory palace. Glory to God. You see, that's the power of God. He suddenly brought him out and brought him to his place of authority. And you see, you better get ready because God can do it in a day for you. I said, God can do it for you in a day. It may look like you've had a setback. It may look like you're in prison. It may look like that your today is worse than your yesterday. But just know that God doesn't work the way man works. And God can do a thing in a day. He don't have to have the stars to line up. He created the stars. He don't have to have everybody's opinion lining up. He's God all by himself. And when he is ready and the time and the seasons are right, if your heart is right, even in the middle of a prison, God is able to bring you out in a day's time and set you in the place of your dream and vision. Amen. He said, last, we said last week that Joseph was second in command. He gets a new chariot. He gets a ring. He gets a gold chain. And he's in a place that he had dreamed about all of his life. And then the scripture said that Joseph gets married and he starts having children. His children speak about his dream because it's a process that if we are going to fulfill our dreams and our destiny, then we have to be able to walk through these three processes to see our dream fulfilled. Number one, he has the first child and his name is called Manasseh. Manasseh. It means the Lord has caused me to forget the toil of my father's house. God has so blessed me that I can't remember what people done to me. God has so blessed me that he has, and he has given me the things of my desires of my heart, the dream, and he has kept this dream alive in such a way that it is in a barely get by blessing that it has caused me to forget the toil of my father's house. I, I can't even remember what bad they did to me because God has been so good to me. Amen. And so he says, you see what some people's problem is, is they've got too good a memory. They remember every word, evil word that has been spoken against them. They remember every injustice that has been done to them. They hang on to every little offense. And they carry that around with them. And wonder why you can't get into the place of promise. Amen. You see, you've got to be willing to let go of the offense. 
You've got to be willing to let go of the evil words that have been spoken over your life. You've got to be willing to let go of the injustice that has been done to you and say, I'm just going to let go of all of that because, you know, whenever I look back over my life, God has been so good to me. Amen. God has blessed me so that I realize that it doesn't matter what people have done to me or against me. God has been greater to me than that. Amen. You see, you've got to realize that if we're going to come to the place that God has ordained for our lives, we've got to get a spirit of forget on us. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. How many know if anybody had a, had a, a, a right to complain? It was Brother Paul. I mean, I don't even want to get close to him in testimony service in heaven. Amen. I mean, he's beaten with rods. He's stoned and left outside the city for dead. He's shipwrecked, left the night and a day in the deep. He, he, he's gone through all of these things. And yet he says, you know what? I've learned that if I'm going to fulfill my destiny, I've got to forget what has happened to me so I can get on with what God is going to do through me. Amen. And so today Paul says, I want to encourage you to get a spirit of forget. Forget the criticism. Forget the negative words. Forget the piercing words. Forget what people have done against you to try to hold you back. And remember the promise of God that is over your life. Because the promise is greater than the problem that people have brought into your life. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, forget it. Well, you don't know what they did to me. Forget it. You've got a choice. You don't have to forget it. You can keep it if you want it. But you can't keep it and get the promise too. So if you want the dream to be a reality, you've got to get an Ephraim spirit and forget the things of yesterday. He has a second baby and he calls him Ephraim. Because the extended version of this, the name Ephraim is this. The Lord has caused me to be fruitful in, say in, in the place of my affliction. The Lord has caused me to be fruitful in the place of my affliction. The place where pain has been. The place that the enemy has been fighting against my life. The very source where that target was on my life and he hit me so hard and the injustice was done so greatly and people falsely accused me and criticized me and condemned me. That very place of my affliction. He said God has caused out of it to become fruitful. You see if you'll allow it the place that you've been tested so greatly. The place that you've been fought so hard, the place that you have been so weak in, God is able to bring out of that place of weakness a strength. He is able to use it to be a blessing to other people. He is able to take that place of weakness and cause it to become strong to a point that you're able not only to look at that situation and say God has been better to
to me than that, but it can help somebody else that's going through that situation to say, hey, look here, baby girl, God brought me through it. I remember the day where you were that I was there and God brought me through it. And if God brought me through it, he can bring you through it as well. You just need to know that God is able and realize out of that weak place, out of that place of vulnerability, out of that place of brokenness, God will bring healing and not only healing to you, but healing to others around you. Before you can be fruitful in your dream, you have to become forgetful and you have to become fruitful. Fruitful in. Well, whenever I get through this, I'll have a testimony. No, you got to be fruitful now. Well, I'll help somebody when I get through this. No, you've got to be fruitful now. Amen. Before you can see the fulfillment of your dream, God says you've got to bring forth fruit right in the middle of your affliction. You've got to praise him right in the middle of your difficulty. Right in the middle of the mess. There's got to be a praise in your heart. Right in the middle of your situation. You've got to say, God, I trust you, even when I can't trace you. I know that you are my strength, you are my hope, you are my everything. And so right in the middle of it, right in the middle of the pit, right in the middle of the prison, I'm going to give you praise and give you glory, and I am going to be fruitful right in the middle of it. Because if you can't act right in the pit, If you can't act right in the prison, then God knows you aren't going to be able to act right in the palace. Amen. You've got to bring forth fruit while folks are talking about you. While you don't have money in the checkbook, you've got to give him praise. You can't wait until you have money because if you don't have money, you can't act act with integrity. You can't act with integrity because you've got money. You've got to act right now. Hallelujah. The first step, the first two steps is this, say forgetful. And the second is fruitful, say fruitful. And we learn from Joseph then these two. But the third step comes, and Joseph does this as well, but the picture is more clear with, with Joshua. Because Joseph isn't the only one that ever had a dream. How many know that? Joshua had a dream. And it was bigger than anything that the children of Israel had ever seen to this point. In Joshua chapter 4 and verse 9 it said, Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan. And in the place where the feet of the priest were bore, the ark of the covenant stood, and they... And they are there to this day. Can you imagine the pressure of Joshua's dream? Here he is, and he is called to do something that Moses is unable to do. You know Moses. That one everyone looked up to. 
You know, Moses, that one that caused water to come out of a rock. You remember Moses, the one that had that staff in his hand and he just stretched it out over the ocean and the ocean. Whoosh. You know, you, 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 you remember Moses, he had all those tricks up his sleeve. I mean, he, he, he calls frogs. He said frogs and boom, frogs come all over the nation. He said water turns the blood and water turns the blood. He says, I want them to itch, so put some lights on them. Locusts. Y'all read your Bible? <laughs> you know, this one everybody looked up to. This great statesman. This great one that went to the mountain of God and got the Ten Commandments and brought them back down. And, and, and was, the glory was so great upon his life that, that he had to wear a veil around. Moses, that, that everyone looked up to, and yet he would take and he, and he, you know, he'd take that rod and throw it down and it'd turn into a serpent. And he'd bring it back up and, and he walked with authority. And, and now Joshua is called to do something this Moses has not been able to do. Have you ever felt like the dream that God gave you was way too big for you? Good. I mean, the greater people than you have tried to do what you feel like God's called you to do. Those who you esteem highly and respect greatly. And yet, they weren't able to accomplish this. But somehow, you just can't get away from it. It's in your heart. It's down in you. In the middle of the night, you dream about it. When you wake up in the morning, it's the first thing on your mind. It's like you try to get away from it and everywhere you turn, it shows up in your life. And so God keeps on reminding you that I've got a place for you. I want you to do this for me. I'm, I'm going to use you. If that's the case, then you're in the right place. Because if you remember in the series, Generations, that we talked about it. Amen. I told you that each generation has a different anointing. Moses' anointing was to, to, to cause the ocean to split. But Joshua's anointing was something different because even though Moses was able to split the ocean or the sea, Joshua had an anointing to cause the sun to stand still. Joshua didn't even pray right. He told the sun to stand still. And we all know the sun don't move. It's the earth that moves. Come on, somebody. And he said for the sun to stand still. But we know the earth didn't, is what moves around the sun. And yet God honored his prayer, Jimmy. Because God knew what was in his heart. What's interesting to me, I don't know which one's the greatest miracle. That the, that the earth quit moving or that because the earth quit moving but gravity kept working. But all I know is this, that God heard his prayer and understood what he needed in the time he was in so that his dream could become a reality. 
What are you saying, Pastor? Should we remain ignorant? No. But I'm telling you that when your heart is right before God, you may not even know how to pray as you should, but the Holy Spirit will pray through you. The Father's heart, the Father's will, and He will bring you to a place of fulfilling that dream and destiny. When you're doing what God's called you to do, sometimes you may not even know how to pray. You don't know what you need. You don't know, God, I need this, I need that. You don't know, but all in your sincerity of your heart, you ask him, God, cause the sun to stand still. And God's smart enough to know that's not what you need. But he does do what you need so the job can get done. Joshua learned sometimes that something that caused him to be able to do what Moses could not do. He realized if you're going to fulfill your dream, it's going to take teamwork. I can hear him now telling them, I'm not Moses. I ain't got all them tricks up my sleeve. I can't, I can't cause frogs to come out and I don't got a rod like Moses had. So guess what? We're going to have to do this together, fellas. We can't do it. I can't do it by myself. But together, we can possess the land of promise. Together, if you'll work with me, I'm going to do my part. And if you'll do your part, We're going to come together because, you see, Moses didn't have a revelation that that, that they needed to work as a team. And so he carried all the burden himself. He carried all the weight himself. All of the time that Moses was alive, God only spoke to one man. Moses. But now another generation rises up. They're not anointed with the same anointing, but he has a different anointing. He's a different anointing, but it's the same God that's anointed him. Amen. He's able to cause the sun to stand still, but he knows that I don't have the ability to do this myself. So he says, priest, I want you to come. I don't know that I can split the water by myself, but if you'll just get that ark on your shoulders. Amen. All I know is God said, get the ark on your shoulders. I can't do it myself, but you'll get the ark on your shoulders. And I see him standing up over there on the side and saying, come on, fellas, just bring it on. Bring it on. What are we going to do, Joshua? When's the water going to roll back? Come on. Some of us waiting around saying, when's the vision going to come to pass? When's the dream going to take place? I thought you said it was going to happen. Amen. And I can see Joshua over there. He's standing saying, standing at the brink of the water saying, come on, fellas. I don't have a rod. I can't split the water like our elder Moses did. But God told me we're going to go back across this water. When's it going to happen, Joshua? When you step your foot into the water. Have you ever been going into a, into a convenience store, a grocery store, a doctor's office that has those automatic doors? I've walked up to those things before and thought I was going to smack my face. I look at it and it don't have any handles on it. So it tells me it's going to open on its own, right? But it don't open whenever I get out of my car. 
It don't open while I'm walking up the parking lot. It don't even open when I go under the sidewalk. But before I get to the door, right at the edge when I'm wondering, is this thing going to open or not? Suddenly the doors swing open. I want to tell you, some of you are standing too far away from your miracle. You're standing too far away from your destiny. You're standing too far back, wondering when God's going to do it. And God's sitting there all the time saying, if you would just come on, I'm going to open this door and make a way where there is no way. If you would just come on and step up, I've got power that exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you're able to ask or even think. Because the power is working through you. Oh, come on and praise him today. And so Joshua said, come on, fellas. And when you put your foot down in the water, you see, you've got to be, be willing to do something that you have the risk of getting all wet. We're worried about what people's going to think about us. Well, what if that water don't roll back? What if it does? Well, I would just have, like to have a little bit more reassurance. I, I, I think we better pray a little longer. No, you don't need to pray. You just need to step up and put your foot out there and say, we're going to get all wet or we're going to go across this thing today, baby. But one way or another, we're going to obey the word of the Lord that has come to us and we're going to do it together. Hallelujah. I want to tell you when they put their foot in the water, I don't believe they got their heel of their foot wet. When they stepped down, water started shh. And it began to split on every side and they went across on dry ground just like Moses did it the first time. They rolled it back and they got where God told them to go. I just come to tell somebody today, you just got to get closer to the door and the water will start rolling back. You got to step up to the door and door of opportunity will come open. Amen. Not just a little door. Not just the door you have to kind of slide through sideways. But a great door will open to you when you will step up in faith and say, God, I'm believing you to do this today. Joshua did something interesting. In this third key, to see your dream be fulfilled, he takes 12 stones and carries them, has the priest carry them into the midst of the Jordan. That word midst there means halfway, in between. In the middle, he picks up the stones according to the 12 tribes and he builds an altar in the middle of the Jordan. They haven't yet crossed over yet. They haven't got to where they're going yet. But in the middle of the Jordan, in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of their dilemma, 
in the middle with fish on over top of their head. And they're walking through the middle of the ocean. In the middle of all of that, not yet seeing the other side, but believing the God that has brought us from that side of the river ocean to this side of the sea ocean we're believing that the God that has brought us to this point is well able to take us on to the place of promise and I just come to tell somebody you must forget amen you must become fruitful but you also must praise him in the middle You've got to build an altar in the middle of your promise. You've got to build an altar right in the middle of the dilemma. Well, pastor, I'll praise him when I get there. No, if you can't praise him in the middle, your faith is too weak. You've got to give God something to work with. And if you'll praise him right in the middle of the dilemma, if you'll give him worship right in the middle of chaos all around you, and the waves are over your head, it causes causes faith to rise up in your heart and that faith touches the heart of God and God says they believe me that I can do what I said for them to do and he will take them from that place that they are into the place of promise. The waters rolled back and in the midst of the dilemma they prayed an offering unto the Lord. Pastor, you don't just don't know what I'm dealing with. Stop and praise him. I'm not sure how things are going to turn out yet. Stop and praise him. I haven't seen the light at the end of the tunnel yet. Stop and praise him. Sometimes you remembering where God has brought you from will give you faith to believe for where God is taking you to. And sometimes you need to thank him for the little door that opened back there before he'll open the big door right there. Sometimes you've got to thank him that he healed your body of a headache before he'll heal your body of diabetes. Sometimes you've got to thank him for the little things that he has done in your life and just thank him that he's already been good to you. And even though, God, there's been a lot of trouble in my life, there's also been a lot of blessing in my life. And today, right in the middle, I know I haven't seen my dream fulfilled yet, but right here in the middle of this chaotic situation. I want to thank you that you've already brought me a mighty long ways. I want to thank you that you deliver me from the hand of my enemy. You prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. That you've anointed my head with oil and my cup is running over right here in the middle of my dilemma. You said you would prepare a table before me right in the presence of my enemies. And I just want to testify today right in the middle of this situation that you've been good to me and I know you're not gonna let me down now you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all and you're gonna reveal your power in my life oh I wish somebody would praise him up in here today oh hallelujah There's something about people that'll praise him in the middle that'll cause God to flex his muscles and throw his weight around and reveal his power. 
in the middle of the lion's den, Daniel praised him. And God shut the lion's mouth. In the middle of an inferno, the Hebrew boys praised him. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I said right in the middle of the inferno, those Hebrew boys said, look here. Ah, we know that did we not tie them up and bind them and cause them to be thrown in that fiery flame? But he said, look down there. They're loose and right in the middle. I'm not talking about they got where they're going yet. But right in the middle of the inferno, they're loose and walking around. And there's four of them now. I said, there's four of them now. There's four of them now. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Oh, hallelujah. I want to tell somebody today, God has not forgotten you right in the middle of your mess. He's still the Son of God. All power belongs to Him in heaven and earth. And if you'll praise Him, He'll show up in the middle of your mess and turn it all around. Hey, come on and praise Him today. Amen. I know prayer hasn't been answered yet, but praise him in the middle. I know your miracle hasn't happened yet, but praise him in the middle. I know your dream hasn't been fulfilled yet, but praise him in the middle. I know you're still in the middle, but why don't you just try giving him a halfway praise right in the middle of what God is doing in your life. Oh, come on, give him a halfway praise. I didn't mean halfway like just, I mean, in the middle of it. Halfway in the middle. We give him praise like he's already done it. Like he's already answered prayer. Like he's already turned it around. Like that marriage has already been restored. Like your body has already been healed. Oh! (laughs) I want to thank him today. That if it had not been for the Lord on my side, my enemies would have already destroyed me. I'm not where I'm going yet, but God has preserved my life. He has prepared me for a place. And even in the presence of my enemies, he is now with me. And I just want to praise him right here in the middle of it all. Come on, praise him just for a minute. Let's take a 30-second praise break. Come on, if y'all can't do any better than that, I'm going to have to get me some black folk. Come on, let's praise him up in here today because we haven't seen it yet, but we know God has given it to us and it's on its way. It's on its way. coming in. Healing is coming. That miracle's coming. Oh, pastor, it's too big for me. No, God gave it to you because he could trust you that in the middle of the dilemma that you would lift up your voice and give him some praise. Come on and praise him one more time. 
turn his mic up. I want you to prophesy on that horn. Amen. When he plays this horn, somebody's going to get a breakthrough today. Somebody's going to get a miracle today. Somebody right in the middle of your situation, God's about to turn it around. If you dare to praise him, God's going to show you how great he is. Come on and praise him. Come on, Jeremy. 